<clears throat> Let us go through the previous podcast again and extract some ideas from it. The process is like distilling alcohol, moonshining. The liquid becomes more potent. I called my off-label math problem-solving. Problem-solving is everyday logic. Mathematicians have their mathematical logic, which is written in formulae and therefore, therefore also called formal logic. The logic I was looking for I called informal logic. Formal logic is used for math. My informal logic is used for life. Mathematics did not always have a formal logic. It was invented at around 1890. After that, math itself became formal. Before, it had been for more than 2000 years informal. Formal math did away with many things of the earlier old math, much like a communist or Taliban revolution did away with formal societies. For me, my everyday problem solving, this was intolerable. I did not want to throw away tools that could help. On the other hand, revolutions also have their good side. They present something new, which also can be helpful. This is all a little abstract. It is just a sketchy preview which will be filled in later on. So let's begin uh, with that and go back to the year 1945. As I said, this was the year I was born. This also was the year Hitler died. The French had occupied our village in Western Bavaria. Austria was to the east and south. Switzerland to the south and west. My village was called Altstetten, meaning old place. The church was built on a long, narrow earth mound. This mound contained the skeletons in a sitting position of German warriors and their dependents who had invaded that part of the Roman Empire. The Romans had built a road from Italy across the Alps into today's Austria, to Innsbruck. The road then had turned east towards our village and then north to a place where they called, uh, built a town and fortress called Campodunum, known as Kempton today. Here, there I spent my first two years of high school. The ancestor on my mother's and grandmother's side came from a mountain ridge north of our village, from a place called Simply Holtz, meaning woods. The farm they lived in dated back to the 12th century. They were three farmers who had to participate in war with horse, armor and weapons of their of many uh, many noblemen called. In the 1500s, in the Reformation, the land had turned Protestant. 
together with Switzerland. The people of our region lost the war against the Roman Catholic Empire, the Habsburg. The Swiss won. The ancestor who had participated in the war was hanged near Campodunum, Kempton, the place I went to school at 400 years later. My grandmother still remembered the execution of one of their, her ancestors by the Austrian Habsburg. Her ancestor had been forced by them to become Rome Catholic again. She did not like the Austrians, who in turn did not like our people. Now, an Austrian had built a Nazi castle one and a half miles north of our village. The people in our area did not say good day or good morning when meeting one another. They said, greet God instead. One day, the Nazi youth who were who were educated in the Nazi castle, marched through our village and greeted my grandmother with a Heil Hitler. She answered, Greet God, you rascals, but not an Austrian. The whole village laughed, Nazis included. People think today this could not have happened. They have watched too many movies with mean Nazi caricatures. The real Nazis were much nicer and much more dangerous than the film turn-offs, who would have caused immediate dislike and opposition. Even today, large organized crime syndicates do social welfare and propaganda to promote their image and followers. Back to the future again. Here I am at age 22 with a nice wife whom I love deeply and with whom I would spend the next 55 years of my life. Until she died peacefully in our home in Greensboro, North Carolina, USA. My connection with the USA would become stronger over time. But then in 1967, it consisted only in two strands. An American old college textbook, Phillips Calculus and Analytic Geometry, which I had accidentally discovered when I visited a bookstore in Switzerland. I had used this book to help my first private student get an A-plus in his final exam. There was another connection. As a child, after the French had withdrawn, Americans occupied our region. I liked them spontaneously when their troops marched through our village. One or two years later, they were gone. I followed different troops then, whom I instinctively disliked. They were Germans. I'm just saying what I felt. I had no uh, conscious reasons for the difference in feelings. I knew nothing about what had happened before my birth. Pictures on the wall of young men in uniform with black ribbons around their corners. An older lady looking at me and, and at 
and a picture, tears in her eyes. This is my son. He died in the war. Then I watched pictures in a picture album, black and white photographs. Boring people in uniforms, the swastika everywhere. Some uniformed men digging with a spade, clearly not really digging, but doing some ritual. Then rows of others, all their right arms outstretched, all looking in the same direction, looking neither sad nor happy, just without expression. Tons of tanks, cannons, airplanes. All of it really boring and without life. I never looked at those albums again. I had better things to do. Again, I got stuck in the past. I might, it might interest you though, uh, you probably never heard how a young German child of three to five felt during the first year, years after the war. I might not be a representative though. I think that neither Christine nor I were. Thanks God. Now let's get back to the Gerhard, age 22, recently entered into the, his occupation, math tutor. No academic degrees, tons of books, some real famous letter friends, and a really nice wife who could be a pain in the butt as I could be. I told her, Krista, you are my favorite pullover, but you itch from time to time. She, she just laughed and said, that is what a wife is good for. Now, how did I do my math tutoring? The students brought a ring binder with paper, holes reinforced with him. I will be sexist now and just write him. I only had a few female students. Girls were more compliant. They ate <clears throat> what they were presented. And that's what, what the teachers liked, eat bird or die. So the student shows up with a binder. I take the first page out and ask him, what are you doing now in school? What don't you understand? Can you ask me a question? I helped him formulate his question. Then I write it down on the first paper with a circled one in front. I draw two lines under the question and write down my answer. Then I say, read through my answer. When you do not understand something, let us find a related question or questions. We will call them 1A, 1B, etc. I will write them down and then answer them. We will repeat the procedure until you understood everything. To give you an idea, it is best if I show you a little exa a life example. Let me present to you Carl, who has a question. Carl, I got into a discussion with my math teacher recently. Gerhard, about what? Carl about the infinity symbol, the eight which lies down. I proposed to treat it as a number, but he said the infinity symbol did not represent a number. 
Then I told him that I'd seen expressions like zero times infinity equals zero. That seems reasonable. If you're right, zero plus zero plus zero plus zero plus zero plus zero, and so on, you will never add anything to zero, even if you add zero infinitely often. You did calculate and received the result, and the things you calculate with are called numbers. Then he asked me to write down an example of an infinitely great number, and not just a symbol for it, like the lying eight, and then show that the number I gave him was really infinitely great. I had no idea how to do it. Gerhard, let us take a simple example. 10 to the third power means 10 times 10 times 10. Three tens with two multiplication signs between them. Let us see what that is. Ten times ten is a hundred. A hundred times ten is a thousand. So, ten to the third power is a one with three zeros behind it. Ten to the sixth power is a one with six zeros behind it. 10 to the 30th power is a 1 with 30 zeros behind it. Let us write this number down. We write a 10, then we go up along the 0 and then write a small 30. If these are meters, then the diameter of the universe is smaller. 10 to the 1 millionth power is a 1 with a million, zero, million zeros behind it. Assume that the zero takes a space of one millimeter. Then 10 to the 30th power is about an inch long. 10 to one million, uh, 10 to one million is more than half a mile long. So if we draw a circle, which is one inch across, we have the size of the universe. If you draw around it, a circle which is 0.6 miles across, we have the size of 10 to 1 million. No computer can deal with it. However, we can calculate with it. You have a generally, genuinely, infinitely great number. But I assure you that mathematicians won't admit it. Don't take them too seriously. We should do that with people in general and not raise them on a pedestal. The world would be a much nicer place when people would stop turning some of theirs into God. But that is enough for today. I did not let you write anything down. Why not? If you write something down, then it's on paper. Does it mean that it's also in your head? Not necessarily. If you can imagine it being written down, then it will be in your brain. The other question is whether it stays there. But that is not so important. If you eat something, then it will hopefully exit on the other side after a certain time. 
Should we get discouraged if that happens? I think the opposite is true. We should get alarmed if it doesn't happen. Just kidding. But maybe there is some truth in it. Certain things should leave our brains. We believe in too much bullshit. But you have to decide which is. Not some of our designated gods. We did mass just with language. Now comes an idea which actually could make someone, someone really rich financially. What I told you in my English with a German accent can be written down in mathematical symbols without any language. If you can write mathematical textbooks without any language, such as uh, such that the logic is clear, you could sell them internationally without translation. You know that they did such a thing with space aliens, so why not with earthbound aliens? I never heard that the space guys paid for it. Maybe they are coming for us like the creeps in Independence Day, following our radio waves to their origin. Woohoo! All the best until next time.